What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin. Ben, today we've got a topic that... um, I know it's a it's a recent question of the day on our website, and um, I think it deserves some attention on our podcast too. I agree, Scott. This is something that we'll file under. Know this before you need to know it. Yeah, this is just one of those things to keep in your back pocket, and uh, hopefully you'll never need to worry about any of this. But you know, some of these things, a few of these are pretty common when you talk about like weather conditions, things like that. But sure, some things we're going to talk about are very uncommon. So don't don't fear too much, but just. It's good to have an understanding of of what can happen. Yes. So a brief anecdote, Scott, you and I have both been in out-of-control car situations. Yeah. And we we both lucked out, right, Mm because we're obviously still alive and doing a podcast about We're still here, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So our question today, how do you stop an out-of-control car, reminds me of one of the – what one of the not super cool moments in my driving history <laughs> i had i had a red saturn sc and uh i was driving down a curvy road with uh with well i was driving down the hill on this curvy road and i was a new driver i was a young driver and we've talked about some of the sad statistics about young drivers right sure so i hit this uh i hit this one sharp turn to the right and there's gravel on the road oh and so this saturn uh this little saturn god bless it uh totally turns does a couple circles wow off off this gravel this patch because of the angle i hit it at and frankly the speed i was going Mm -hmm. and uh wraps itself uh in a bear hug with a tree and luckily, oh no! Really? I, yeah, luckily I was fine, and it all it happened very quickly. See, change of surface—that's what happened, right? Yeah, exactly. Une- unexpected change of surface, and and the uh, the weight of the vehicle was all thrown off because you had a, a front wheel drive car, right? 
But you're saying that it, it totally swung around, so the back end swung around first because you were obviously in a turn at mm-hmm. the time when it happened. That's a terrible situation to be in. I'm glad you're all right. Thank you. Uh, that, that's one of those things where, you know, like you said, you know, unfortunately a lot of people become statistics at that point. Yeah. Now, I, of course, I'm not the only guy on this podcast who's had a situation like that. Yeah, I've had some uh, brake failure issues before, and, uh, you know, so it's, it's a variety of things, you know, loss of hydraulic pressure, um, simply just, you know, old, worn-out brake pads that, you know, just weren't doing the job anymore, um, mm. hard brake pedals that, you know, were unexpected, you know, because of uh, loss of vacuum. Um, there's just a lot of different things that have happened, you know, over I've, – I've been driving for a long, long time now, and uh, it's, it's bound to happen at some point you're going to have some kind of brake issue or – what I think is more common, uh, the way that our writer broke down this article, because we're going to just kind of trace through this article in order, and then I've got a couple of additional things that I want to talk about here at the end that are there may be a little more unusual situations. A couple but, of surprises. Yeah, a couple of surprises, but um, I, I think that the way the writer broke down this article into, uh, was it mechanical and then... Bad road conditions. Like road and weather conditions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know... Road and weather conditions, all of us will experience at some point in our lives. Now, if you drive primarily in the south and then suddenly you're expected to drive somewhere in the north when it's, you know, the wintertime, yeah. it's good to know this type of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Even even down here in Atlanta, you know, we've got, you know, relatively nice weather all year round, but there are times of the year when we do get maybe a, a few days of snow, and uh, there's a lot of time uh, times when there's maybe a situation they call black ice on the road. Right, yeah. Um, and, I mean... What's almost identical, as it, as it turns out, is just like the first 15 or 20 minutes of a rainstorm. Uh, it's very, very slick on the road. So um, let's just go through the article like, kind of piece by piece here, and I think we can go through this kind of quickly. Yeah, this is going to be – now, we say this uh, off air sometimes, and we always get in trouble with ourselves for it, but this is probably going to be a, a shorter one. Oh, yeah, short podcast for we'll, sure. We'll see. So uh, – so let's start out with something that everybody recognizes. Even if you don't consider yourself a car person, you know about brake failure, mm-hmm. right? So brake failure, you are driving along, minding your merry business, mm-hmm. enjoying the open road, and you have a red light or you have a traffic obstacle of some sort. We we say a stopped car. That's probably going to be one of the more common ones for anybody in a um, populated area. And... You put your foot on the pedal, and nothing happens. Yeah. Now, there's a couple of things that, that you can mean by nothing happens. Right. Uh, either the pedal goes right to the floor, and yeah. there's nothing there. There's no resistance when you push. Or there's extreme resistance when you push. There's there's no way that that pedal is budging at all. Mm-hmm. And both of them are terrifying situations. I've been in both of these cases. Uh, you know, the uh, the no-brake situations, wow. it's, it's not really all that uncommon. It happens, and please, you know, listen up what to do because uh, there's a few different things. And, you know, it just you have to really think about, like, what kind of vehicle you're in, what type of brakes it has. Um, it, it's not necessarily important as, as, as acting quickly. You right. You just have to act quickly. Uh, oh, big thing. For all of these situations that we're talking about, maybe the, 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 like, the most key takeaway from this whole thing would be don't panic. <laughs> Try not to. I know it's hard, especially right. when you push the brake pedal and it goes right to the floor. Don't panic. I mean, you, there's a way around this. You can figure it out. It's it's. There's mm-hmm. some of these situations. I, I'm going to tell you in just a minute. You know, some of the uh, uh, the less glamorous ways to get out of the situation. And you said that you know you weren't too proud when this happened. You didn't feel too. Uh, what do you, how did you put it? You were. Uh, <laughs> 
I uh, it's not. I wasn't very impressed with myself. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing. You can't look too cool in a in a car that's out of control, anyways, right? I, mean, I thought you were about to say you can't look too cool in a Saturn. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. I but yeah, uh, you're, you're you're right. And um, of course, knowing how panic and shock work on the body, uh, it's completely fine to panic after you save yourself. Oh yeah, that's that's totally uh that's allowed. <laughs> um afterwards, you know, you you probably need a few minutes to uh to breathe and and get out and, you know, mm-hmm. get some fresh air or something. So let's let's talk okay. about what we do with our brakes. Okay. So, all right. First of all, you realize that there's no brakes at all, right? I mean, you you hit the accelerator or hit the uh hit, hit the brake rather and it goes right to the floor. So it's a soft brake pedal. Um that probably you can try here's something you can try really quickly. Just pump the brakes. Pump the brakes as many times as you can. Pump them three, four, five, six times, whatever it takes. Just but only quickly. if it's a, only if it's soft. Only if it's soft. Yeah. If it's if it's a hard brake pedal, um, you've got something else going on. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, what you're trying to do when you uh, when you have a soft brake pedal though is you're trying to build up pressure that's been lost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that maybe um, you know there's another situation that happens where you know there's air in the brake lines and all that. Um, right. Or a brake fluid leak. Of yeah. Some sort. Or you know you've come down a long incline and you've made the mistake of riding the brakes the whole way and they've overheated and boiled. Mm-hmm. Um, that causes you know bubbles in the line and and a soft pedal as well. And that's why that's why there's often truck runoffs um, on the side of mountains. You'll see that um, for for you know brakes that have overheated and are no no longer effective. So um, soft brake pedal. Mostly, what you, typically, what you can do is pump the brakes. But um, if you're completely out, I mean, you know, it's it's gone. Uh, there's a, there's a whole procedure we'll go through. But um, if, let's just touch on hard brake pedal because there's a couple things here for this too. Okay, yeah. So let's say you push on the pedal and nothing happens. It's not even pushing down. Completely solid brake pedal. What, what do you think you should do first? Uh, panic. No, 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 no. Ah, Ben. Uh, okay. Well, this, this is a, this is a good question because, um, of course, don't check on your accelerator. But one thing that we, one thing that we cannot stress enough, and not, not to sound like we are OCD people, Scott, but keeping your car clean in this situation will save your life because, There's a huge possibility that your brakes are fine, and there's just something there. Let's call it. Let's call it human error. There's something that rolled between the brake and the floor. And believe it or not, this happens a lot. There's a physical obstruction to your brake pedal. There's yeah. something that you know has rolled underneath there, a, a, a and a Gatorade bottle or whatever, sure. a shoe, it, a CD something. Book. Yeah. Honestly, I've been in cars, you know, where people, you know, they have to clean an area for their feet to uh, to enter the vehicle. You know that that dirty and uh, that kind of situation where anything can get under the pedals, either you know, even if it's under the accelerator pedal, not allowing you to accelerate. Right. Um, under the brake pedal, especially dangerous. And uh, I, I heard a little tip on this, Ben. By the way, you know, you wouldn't think it was that common, but it's really, really common for uh, like an empty bottle that someone has kind of tucked underneath the seat to eventually find its way into the under the uh, the brake pedal. Oh yeah. There's plenty of room under there for it, and you won't know it until you push the pedal. Here's a good tip. Someone said that if you Always leave bottles, even if they're empty bottles, full bottles, whatever. Always leave them slightly uncapped. You know, either either loose or completely uncapped. Oh, so that the air can go out. Exactly. So that the uh, the 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 object, the bottle in this case, could be crushed. Now that doesn't work for everything, like you said, a shoe or something like that. Right, you know, that yeah. falls under there. That that can't can't necessarily crush as quite as easy as that. But you know, try to squeeze a a, a soda bottle that's got its cap on tightly. Versus one that's got the cap off. I mean, it's it's really apparent which one is it has a lot more give. 
Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're driving and your brake won't press down, then it's it's so simple. Uh, Keep your eyes on the road if you can. Just move your foot and try to sweep under the brake real quick and see if you kick anything out. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's an easy easy thing to do. Just sweep it and and try to you know hope for the best. Hope that that works. If not, if you still got a hard brake pedal, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and there's nothing under there. Like which, by the way, my project car has this problem. I didn't know until I was driving home the first time with it. Um, it was like kind of an intermittent thing. Mm-hmm. It's a vacuum situation, so I know that I've got a. a issue with the brake booster possibly um but you have to stand on it with both feet and you just are praying that it's going to come to a stop before you come to that light or the stop sign or the car or whatever uh very very dangerous so if you've got a hard brake pedal and there's something else going on get it looked at right away or fix it yourself again if you've got a hard brake pedal no obstruction do not pump the brake apply as much pressure as you can continuously. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's right. That doesn't work in that situation. Okay, let's be, let's get yeah, back yeah. to soft. So yeah. you pump the brakes. That doesn't work. There's no pressure there at all because yeah. um, sometimes that does work. It'll build up pressure, and you'll be able to at least make that one stop and then and then get out and figure out what's going on, low, uh-huh. low on fluid, whatever it is, or a leak or something. But what if that doesn't work? If it doesn't work, here's what you do. Okay, first, you know, you've tried, you've tried all this other stuff. It's a good idea to try to shift your vehicle into a lower gear. Now, in a manual transmission, obviously you can downshift, you know, gear by gear until you get the mm-hmm. vehicle slowed almost to a complete stop. That's simple, right? Um, in an automatic transmission, one gear at a time. That's the key. Don't try to go right down into low gear or first gear or whatever. Right. Try to shift down gradually. And if you can, just let some of the speed scrub off first. You know, just coast for a while if you can. It's a bad idea to put it into neutral. And I'll tell you why. Because if you're on an, any kind of an incline, the car may actually gain speed at that point, and that's right. that's terrible news. And don't put it into park. That's another thing that I think a lot of people would be tempted to do. Terrible, terrible idea. It's it terrible for the car. It's terrible for the driver. I don't even, you know, I'm not even 100% sure that it's physically possible. I mean, it's I it's not a good idea. I, no, there's a there's a. a Parking pole that uh, that locks it in, and I'm yeah. just not I'm not entirely sure that you can even do it. Um, I think you, you know in modern vehicles, I think you have to actually open up an access panel and push a pin with you know like a, a tool of some kind to allow you to override that. And uh-huh. I don't you're not going to be able to do that in a in a panic situation. Yeah. But, so maybe um, if you're in an older car, but also we should we should add that uh, instead of park, there is the last resort which we're all familiar with, from uh, especially for fans of Tokyo Drifting, uh, the emergency brake. Ah, see, that comes after the downshifting. Right? After the downshifting. So you're, you're getting the car to slow down, you're slowing it down like you would in a, uh, in a manual transmission if you're mm-hmm. in an automatic. And uh, once you get to a certain point, you can begin to gradually, that's the key part yes. here, gradually um, a- activate the, uh, the parking brake or emergency brake, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can slowly apply it. Don't, don't just yank that thing up because it'll probably lock up the rear wheels and you'll end up, you know, again, out of control again. Yeah. Or, um, you know, maybe it'll just lock up and you'll continue your, your forward movement and you won't even realize that it's, you know, stuck on. So, again, emergency brake, not all at once and mm-hmm. not when the car is full speed after you downshift. Yep, that's right. So that uh, that typically will handle any situation. Yes. Now, here's what's if – you, if you're unable to do all of this stuff, I don't know why some of this stuff wouldn't work for you, but let's say you're on an incline like okay. you were. Yep. And, uh, you know, you, you've got a lot of time to really think about what's going on here. You've got, <laughs> you know, and it, that doesn't happen very often, but, right. you know um, – Hopefully you can just kind of keep, like we said, keep this in the back of your head. There's some other 
Like I said, there, there were some that were not so favorable ways to uh, to handle this as well. Right. Now, I'll tell you what not to do. Don't run off the road into something that's going to stop you abruptly. Don't try to – don't think I'm going to aim for that tree and that's going to stop me. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you guys. It doesn't work. No, no. That's that's a bad, bad situation. Now, you, you've had it that, – that happened to you by accident. Yeah, I wasn't aiming. You weren't aiming for the tree, but – um, I think some people in a panic situation may actually think that way, or I'm going to hit that low wall head on and see if that'll stop me. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you can always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It can also alert you before you go too low or when you're going too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see like more time and range in lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. It'll stop you, but it's going to stop you quickly. And as we've talked about many times, that's the worst way to stop a car is quickly. That's yes. bad for your body, bad for your car, bad for everybody, everything mm-hmm. involved. Um, a couple of things that, you know, there's some tips online that I hadn't really thought about. This is this is pretty interesting. Like what? Well, and I, I just wouldn't be thinking this way, I don't think. But, you know, if you're if you're unable to get your vehicle slowed down sufficiently for all the other steps that we've talked about to work, you can kind of nose your vehicle into a guardrail um, slowly. Like, I, oh, I, I yeah, don't know yeah. if I'm saying it right, not nose it into, but maybe gradually apply pressure with your vehicle against the guardrail. Right. So you're kind of, uh, you're kind of scraping against it. Yeah. This is in addition to everything else we've talked about. Right. You're in, you're in low gear or whatever. You're in neutral. It's, it's just not stopping. Now, let's also point out that is extraordinarily dangerous. Yes. Yes. Because if you, there, 
there is a very slight flick of the wrist and a very huge difference between uh, scraping against it and then turning your wheel too far and moving toward it at an angle where it's you know a physical barrier. Correct, and then you're going to end up uh, you're going to end up spinning around and collecting vehicles from behind you. Now, yeah. hopefully, people see what's going on and they're gonna they're gonna give you some room. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing is, you know, even those concrete barriers, mm-hmm. the ones that are wider at the bottom than they are at the top. Yeah, this is crazy. I, I hadn't really looked at them this way, but you know, the, being that they're wider at the bottom and and thinner at the top, you know, they're s- sturdy that way. But if you were to edge your wheels into those things. Uh, the body of your vehicle maybe won't contact that that concrete. Um, mm-hmm. It'll just be the tires and wheels, and that's enough to again scrub off enough speed to to slow yourself down to hopefully make you know allow something to work, some way to to stop this vehicle, if not completely using that as a way to stop. Now again, these are last ditch right. efforts. These and, are, and these are the um, these are things for brakes. These uh, especially those last two are things that we're saying you should only consider after. Everything else is fair. Exactly. Yeah. These are these are these these options really stink. You know, all of them do. I mean, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, trying to think about like having to ditch your car into a field and having to worry about like what's between you and where you're gonna you know, try to uh, you know run over some shrubbery so that it slows down your vehicle. Yeah. Um, hope there's not a concrete divider. Yeah. Or a or a fire hydrant behind there, or yeah. you know, an electrical box or something like that. You know, this is this is really serious. Or or a tree big enough that it's going to again abruptly stop you, or a ditch in the way. And this is not even the, in my opinion, the scariest part of mechanical failures. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that. Uh, now we've talked about brake failure, the inability to uh, have a working brake system. Let's talk about the next one, which I think is a, an order of magnitude more frightening: runaway acceleration. Ah, uh, yes, we've heard quite a bit about this, haven't we? We have heard about this often. Yeah, yeah. often was the whole Toyota issue going on, and there were, a long time ago there was uh, the Audi unintended acceleration yeah. situation, and you know I'll let listeners look into all those situations and find out what the final rulings were and the decisions about all of mm-hmm. them. But um, some of them come down to physical situations you know like a, or the pedals maybe were too close that's kind of the uh the, yeah. the thought behind the audi acceleration thing um I, I again look into the historical aspects of those i think we've talked about them in the past yeah we have a podcast on uh some unintended acceleration stuff and we also have podcasts on vehicle re- recalls which both apply mm-hmm. to uh to this situation all i'm trying to say scott is that purely from a psychological subjective level uh it it seems more frightening to me because for me knowing how uh no, knowing that brake systems have consumables right it's mm-hmm. it's always sort of in the back of my mind that brakes could fail not okay. to sound too paranoid it's a possibility yeah it's a possibility uh but with the idea that a um that there could be runaway acceleration and the accelerator pedal isn't stuck that's crazy that i mean just the experience there that's the thing where i would like to think i wouldn't panic while i was trying to not die yeah but after the car stopped i would lose it do you uh do you do you happen to remember now this is the second time my project cars come up in this podcast (laughs) but yeah do you happen to remember when i mentioned that I was kind of tinkering around in there and under the hood, you know, with the engine on. Yes. And a spring let loose. Mm-hmm. And it was the throttle spring, the main throttle spring. And it with the, without the spring, it goes to full throttle. 
terrifying. And that is not a quiet vehicle. Oh my god, that is terrifying. And I can't imagine. Now it didn't break or anything like that. Right. I just I just bumped it and it came off. Um, it was my mistake, and I knew how to fix it quickly. But um, the th- you know, I was able to shut the car off real, real fast. But um, if that were to happen on the road in that car with, you know, I don't honestly, it would be absolutely terrifying for that thing to just go full throttle right away and not be able to slow it down or, or know what's going on, really. Yeah. Um, but one thing we should point out now, I mean, again, phys- is there a physical situation you know can you can you reach with your toe underneath the accelerator pedal and and pull it back up right is it just sticking it could be sticking that's that's one thing that could happen that's um, your that's our favorite thing because it's <laughs> the easiest thing to fix <laughs> yeah that's right so if you can pull it back up that's that's great um and you know the other thing is that you can do is you can try to get the brakes to overpower the acceleration which this takes a while yeah it's not a, it's not a quick thing you can't just jam on the brakes but slowly Apply the brakes until you can get the vehicle at least to slow down, and then maybe employ some other other method of of completely stopping the vehicle. But at least that'll get you out of this, you know, I'm going 110 miles an hour situation, because mm. um, it it does happen occasionally. And like I said, it can be something as simple as a a, a spring that popped off, or it can be you know something that, again also as simple as you know a, an accelerator pedal stuck. You know, some for some uh, crap that rolled underneath from underneath your seat. You know, whatever it is, a uh, a fast food box or something. And while these two, uh, these two types, these mechanical failures, uh, may at some point, uh, take your own car out of control, um, we can go ahead and move on to something that is far more likely. Oh, you know what? What? One quick thing we should say to them before oh. that, if, if this happens to you and you're in a vehicle with one of those push button start, uh, yeah, uh, um, a lot of people think that they can't turn the vehicle off because it has a push button start. All you have to do, apparently, all you have to do is hold the start button for like three seconds. Yeah, and three that usually, seconds is usually that's it. usually an off situation. Right oh, that's there. a great but, point. But and this is the case in every view. You know, you want to switch it to off, but not completely remove the key because if you remove the key, it'll lock the steering wheel. The steering wheel becomes locked in whatever position you're in right then, and that's bad news. Mm-hmm. I mean, anywhere because you can't pull off the side of the road. You can't do anything. It's it's no. again that'll cause you to panic. Yeah, don't take out the key, and great point about but, the uh, push-button start. But, but do turn it off. Turn it yeah. off, but uh, but don't pull out the key. That's that's critical. So, okay, I'm sorry. No, no, that's. I'm really glad you said that. Something a little more common. We would have had and, and a let's, letter. And let's burn through these kind of quick, because i got yeah. two more that are, that are uh, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm itching to get these to. These are not in the article. Yeah. Okay, so just real quick, this is something that everybody else is familiar with. Bad weather road conditions. So we're talking about rain, snow, ice, all the stuff that won't stop the post office could stop you uh, if the conditions are right. Yeah, and these, uh, I think maybe in, uh, oh boy, in complexity of how to deal with them is uh, rain, snow, and ice. Uh, because rain, I think, is probably a little more easy to deal with than snow. Snow is a little bit more easy to deal with than ice. Mm-hmm. Um, ice has got to be the uh, the toughest thing out there. Yeah. I, uh, so with rain, one thing that I, I think we should punch on here is you mentioned this earlier, Scott, and I'm glad you did, that the most dangerous time to drive when it's raining is going to be within the first few minutes of the rain beginning to fall. And that's, of course, you know why. 
I, I do, but you want to share? Oh, okay. I was tossing. Uh, oh, I was tossing oh, sorry. Out if you want to do it, <laughs> you know what? I will. Why not? Why not? Why not? All right. So you know, the idea is that you know all these uh, the days and days where it hasn't been raining, everybody's driving their cars over over this. You know, it's mm-hmm. not only a buildup of rubber and all the stuff off the tires, but also you know all the fluids that leak out. Right. And Somebody's so, got a leaky oil pan. Exactly, or a little bit of diesel fuel, which is mm-hmm. plenty of oil. You know, really, really oily. Yeah. Um, all that stuff then floats to the top of the surface when uh, when rain begins to to uh, to you know, fall. Yeah. And uh, for the first 15 or 20 minutes until that's really flushed off of the surface of the uh, of the, of the main roadway, um, you're going to have to really, really be careful. And it's, it's true. Uh, it becomes like this oil slick mess out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the harder the rain, the faster that clears away. Um, right. But because that layer washes off pretty quickly. Yeah. So if it's a light rain, that kind of situation may hang around all day, and that's uh, that's no good for anybody. Because that will introduce uh, one of our most common, I think, out of control situations. I, I honestly believe this has ha- this has to have happened to at least eighty percent of drivers. Mm-hmm. At some point, you're going to hydroplane. Yeah, yeah, and, and that that's with, a frightening moment. But it, usually, you can recover from it very easily. Yeah, with varying degrees, right? right. Because um, how many times have you been driving along, and then all of a sudden you'll you'll hear the engine kind of go, you know, yeah. an extra rev, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you realize that the wheels have been spinning just for a second or half a second. Uh, but that's that's the situation you're in. You know, suddenly you have no traction, and then you're right back to it. Mm-hmm. Typically. Well, nowadays, a lot of times it's the, the vehicle taking over. Um, right. It's you know reducing the power to those wheels and you know everything that it needs to do to get to get the the traction back. Um, in older vehicles, you know you have to take some type of action to correct that yourself. You know, you mm-hmm. let off the accelerator, uh, slow, slow down is probably a better way to do it. Just. <laughs> but uh, you know, you said I think everybody. Well, I think I think everybody has probably dealt with this at some point. I just said eighty percent for safety. Yeah, why not? I guess if you've driven for, let's say, if you've driven for five years, I bet you it's happened. I bet you it's happened several times when you're driving. Because I mean, everybody drives in rain at some point. Right? I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's some part of the world where it's so arid and it never rains that they're laughing at us. But we're sorry, guys. Everybody else hydroplanes. <laughs> yes, sorry, right. it dude. happens. But um, okay, so another thing, you know, your brakes, of course, they don't work because, as you said, you no longer have traction. Sure, and um. When you are in this situation, when you are hydroplaning, do not slam on your brakes. It's not going to achieve the same thing because, again, you don't have uh, don't have the traction mm-hmm. that you think you have. Again, uh, as as you said, Scott, um, there's a different way to do this. Now we've talked about this situation before. Hydroplaning, unfortunately, can lead to skids, can yeah. lead to um, bad swerves. And we've got a podcast on that old question, should you turn into or out of? Oh, the old overcorrection yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's plenty of uh, podcasts and, and articles and everything mm-hmm. detailing what to do when you get into a skid. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about it many times here. Yeah. Um, but he's right. Don't, uh, you know, don't over-apply the brakes. Just let off the gas and continue to steer as you would. Um, you know, if the tail's swinging out, steer towards the tail. That's pretty mm-hmm. much the, uh, uh, the the quick and simple way to, to put this. Steer, and, and again, this goes back to don't panic. Steer gently toward the tail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Don't overcorrect. We talked Which about I, that. I know a lot of people will think about that. All right. So, so snow. Let's move on to snow, and we'll do ice real quick. But yeah. uh, snow and ice, I, like I said, out of the two, I would think that um, ice is probably the most dangerous because there's just not a whole lot you can do on ice. I mean, ice is ice is what it is. It's, it's mm-hmm. super slick, tough even. I mean, even if you're just crawling 
at you know a super super slow speed, yeah, uh, you're subject to all kinds of uh, of problems on ice. Um, snow, you get a little bit more traction, uh-huh. um, but again, situation just just situation calls for slow driving, always. And uh, and again, don't panic. And you know the same thing with hydroplaning. You know the steering and you know not overcorrecting and all that. Um, there's a lot of different techniques that can be used on snow. A lot and ice. Uh, it's not so good. It's just a good idea to not go out whenever there's ice. Ice is the toughest of the three. Now you know sometimes people do have to go out. Um, if you are familiar with uh, driving in icing conditions, then you're also familiar with black ice, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, you know, a, a terrifying thing for some uh, drivers, especially. And I, w- I want to take a sidebar before we get to the uh, the really cool stuff that we're saving for the end. Um, pop stuff, you know, pop stuff, right? I, Scott? I do. Uh, recently did a podcast on snow days and how Atlanta and many other southern cities shut down mm-hmm. whenever there's some snow. Sure. Now, as somebody who's lived uh, up north, you know that it. A lot of cities don't have that luxury. People still have to get their trash taken out, still have to go to work when it snows. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta, we all give each other kind of a break. But with this in mind, I want to point out that in snow and icy conditions, and in rain, but even more so in icy conditions, um, some of the biggest dangers that can happen to your vehicle uh, are going to come from other cars. Yeah. Especially well, in the South. Well, you know what? You would, you'd be blown away by the first couple of days of a big snowstorm up north mm-hmm. uh, because, well, the first snowstorm, let's say. Uh, the first snowstorm of the season, typically most people forget how to drive in that situation. You know, they've been driving all spring, summer, fall. Yeah. Everything's kind of, uh, you know, easy, easy going. And then there's the great big, you know, first snowstorm, even if it's just a light dusting, let's say. Sure. People just forget. And, uh, and there's... A lot of accidents, a lot of a lot of uh, you know unnecessary accidents. Really, you know, the people going a little bit too fast, following too closely, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. It happens. So, um, you know, not to uh, not to downplay. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that's the right way to say that. Even um, not to uh, discount. Um, you know, the, the way that people are a little more cautious down here about you know just even a dusting of snow. Um, but you know, even up there, I think that uh, you know it, it probably. Uh, I don't know. It needs more attention, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that first snow, I'm, I'm really stumbling on myself. Wait oh, to say this, but because what I'm saying is, like, saying. prior to the first snowstorm, if people would really just think about it, like, okay, I've got to, I've really got to slow down. Mm-hmm. I've got to, I got to leave a lot more stopping distance between myself and the next vehicle. I got to yeah. give myself an extra thirty minutes to get to work in the morning. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I just call in today. Maybe I don't, yeah. uh, and I just try to, you know, go out and. Maybe go to the grocery or something, but that's it. Yeah, and then also uh, familiarize yourself with uh, you know, tips for driving in the winter, yeah. just just as you said, Scott. Now we have eaten our vegetables, as far as this podcast goes, and we're going to talk about something that's not in the article at all, which uh, we were watching some videos about this phenomenon uh, before we went on the air, right? How about it? Yeah, we were. These are interesting. Now, there's one that's, uh, the one that's kind of like, Semi out of control, but not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just I find it interesting more than anything. And another one that's completely out of control, probably uh, more so than anything in, anything in this we've article. Discussed, yeah. Anything in this article so far. Um, the the one that's kind of like sort of out of control, but not really. It's like it's got a mind of its own, really. Okay. It's a it's a situation called dieseling. 
I don't know if you've ever heard of a car that, that's dieseling. Um, and it could be a gas car that diesels. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's typically a carbureted vehicle. Actually, it's always a carbureted vehicle because a, a fuel injected vehicle won't do this. Um, a fuel injected vehicle will, will shut off the fuel right away. A carbureted vehicle, because there's a, a throttle body, um, that lets in air and fuel. Um, dieseling is when, like, let's say that, I don't know if you've ever seen this. Someone, someone will get out of the vehicle, like, let's say at a gas station. Mm-hmm. They get out of the vehicle and they park the car in a parking spot and they, uh, they have the keys, you know, you can hear the keys jingling yeah, they in the hand. They turned it off. They turned it off and it's an old, you know, a, an old bomb of some kind. Yeah, it's know, a great, beater. Great big car. Yeah. Um, it turned off, they, they walk inside and as, as you're watching the car, you think it's still running, but it's kind of going, just kind of slowly idling. It's like, bum, 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 bum. And then bum, there's bum, a pause. And then <laughs> yeah. bum, 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 bum. And then a pause. And then again, and it keeps going. Yeah. And it's like the car is shaking a little bit as it's mm-hmm. going. It's actually, it's trying to turn itself over. It's 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 running on fuel that's being that's allowed to be left in or, or leftover fuel. Yeah. And air that's being brought in. It's like, it's just a, a dirty carburetor is typically the situation. That's Not enough here. to make it do anything. Like it's not going to go yeah. anywhere. It's not going to overpower the brake or, or go into any sort of different gear. Like it's not going to move. No, there's just like extra fuel and extra oxygen yeah. in there, and you know, it's like it's it's usually like a carbon buildup, or it's you know mm-hmm. just it's just a, a, a dirty vehicle is what usually happens. Dirty engine, I should yeah, say. Yeah, it's, what... it's it's more curiosity. I yeah, think. exactly, exactly. So um, an engine, I guess, an engine that runs too hot or lean. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes allows unspent fuel to be left in the system, and that's kind of and that's another situation that'll that'll lend itself to this. And and fast idle speed is another one. Uh, you got to crank way up for idle. So um, I've seen that many many times in the past. It's kind of it's it's more funny than anything to see, and it doesn't it's not harmful in any way. It's not great for the engine, of course, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not it's not like it's going to take off you know out of the parking spot or anything like that. It's just kind of an annoyance, really. Now let's talk about the the. Strangest, craziest one. This is, and I, I showed you some videos of this, mm-hmm. right? And uh, had you ever seen anything like that? I have not. Now I watched some after after we um, after we left off. I, I watched a couple of things that that are similar with uh, locomotives. Okay, but uh, you were the one who hit me to this. So this is this is engines, and this is typically this is almost always diesel engines. Mm-hmm. They do actually always diesel engines. Yeah. Uh, it's called diesel engine runaway. And it's a completely out of control engine. Now, this is scary. Yeah, it turns the engine into a bomb, it, essentially. It, it truly does. It's truly like a bomb because uh, what happens is now I, I'm going to read you a quick little bit here and then we'll just talk about it, but, yeah. but shortly. Um, now, you know how well diesel engines run on um, extre- fuel under extremely high pressure. You know, it just, there's a glow plug, it's not a spark plug. Mm-hmm. So you can, you, this could be completely shut off the electrical system and it could still do this, okay? You got to keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, so in in a, a turbo diesel engine, or even a, just a diesel engine, this can happen, but typically in a turbo diesel engine where uh, there's like an internal turbo seal failure, maybe, okay. where the air inlet is. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just going to read this part here. Um, on a on a really worn engine, you know, gases can blow by the sides of the pistons or or into the and into the crankcase, and then they carry the oil mist from the crankcase into the air intake via the breather. So what it's doing is it's feeding itself. Now remember, a diesel engine will run on something that's almost like oil, oil. right? And oil, oil has the same uh, energy, I guess, as as diesel fuel, really, mm-hmm. in this case, and uh, it will run on the engine's oil, the blow by oil. 
if the seals are if the internal seals are bad. Right. Um, so you got to remember, you know, like all this stuff feeds into the air intake, right? In the crankcase. Yeah, it's going this, in the it's going into the crankcase past the pistons. Yeah, it's like a bypass, right? Yeah. And it and it gets right past there. Uh, the, the the thing is, this worsens quickly because once it starts to happen, it's like it's fueling itself. Now you can you can shut off the key. You yeah. can even disconnect the battery once it starts it to happen. Matter. It does not matter. The only way you're going to stop this thing is if you, you cut off the air supply to this thing. And quickly. And quickly. We saw a guy that was so fast thinking. I've never seen anybody do this before. We saw a guy on a YouTube video that, that thought fast enough to block the turbo inlet mm-hmm. and uh, on a dieseling engine, a, a runaway diesel engine, and it did successfully stop it. That's the only one I've ever seen that's not blown up. Well, also, let's let's be clear. This guy was working with an exposed engine, so if, this, if uh, you have a diesel runaway situation in a vehicle... Mm-hmm. It's you may not have time to get the hood over. Oh no no no! You and, and you probably shouldn't try. And a lot of those videos show that they show. I mean, I've seen a UPS truck that mm-hmm. had a diesel engine that was uh, just destroying itself. I mean, right in front of everybody, you know, in the parking lot, you know, or in the uh, the neighborhood there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people out with their video cameras watching it. But um, honestly, the the best thing to do is just get away from the vehicle at that point because what it does is it it runs on its own. It's running on like a mist mm-hmm. of its own engine oil that's being sucked back in and it's it's this continuous motion thing that happens and you're not going to stop it unless you shut off the air and you're burning it's burning more and more oil too it's just pulling its own oil out and therefore it gets hotter and hotter and you know what happens engines get when they get hot yeah. it's this the, you know the catastrophic engine failure right we talk mm-hmm. about that a lot yep um and this is it doesn't get more catastrophic than this if you've ever seen one maybe on a uh there's some good video of of a dieseling engine a runaway diesel engine on a uh, test stand that this happened to, and uh, the thing, I mean, it just blows itself apart. It's like a grenade. It's amazing. So this is probably slash hopefully not going to happen to your vehicle. No, 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 and hopefully not to anyone around you either because it's it's truly, like, I'll say this is scary. It's scary to see it. Mm-hmm. To, if you were in a vehicle that this happened in, I, I can't imagine how terrified you'd be. Yeah, if you're in a vehicle where this happens, it, it changes Almost everything we've said, except for don't panic. Yeah, it becomes a situation of get get away. Just get away and and hope you know cover yourself up for God's sake. Because yeah. uh, honestly, there there are parts of that engine that are going to come flying out. Yeah, I almost want to say, and this is entirely speculation, that depending on the speed you're going and the environment you're in, it might be better to jump out of the car. <laughs> I, no, 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 because you know the thing is, you can. You can get it into neutral or, you know, whatever you need to do and stop. You know, disconnect, it, you, that's the thing. You know, if it does happen when you're driving, oh, my gosh, that would be awful. I mean, that's I'm the sure worst case scenario. It may happen in, you know, big rigs with, you know, really, really high miles because these things, you know, they do 100,000 miles a year. It's a thing, but I, I don't know. It's still, luckily, it's not a very common. Well, you know, if you can get it into neutral, mm-hmm. hit the brakes, get out of the vehicle. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, you could turn it off just so that, you know, there's no electric signal being sent to the engine but um or you know whatever there's no again that's not gonna it's not going to do anything you know and you know i've heard some of these videos people are like i'm going to try to go on disconnect the battery it's like that's the worst (laughs) idea just stay away from it because you know they're they're billowing smoke terrible idea one interesting uh thing there is that there are some federal laws uh that directly address uh diesel runaway on offshore drilling rigs uh the engines diesel engines are required to have air shutoff valves oh is that right that's a very good idea i mean it's a oil rig yeah, <laughs> yeah it's sure. a great idea yeah what are you gonna what are you gonna do i mean you can't go anywhere mm-hmm. at that point 
If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you can always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It could also alert you before you go too low or when you're going too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see like more time in range and lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed our out-of-control car episode. Uh, we hope that we've given you some stuff to think about if any of these situations happen. Yeah, you know, some of them are, are just completely out of your control, out of your hands. You yeah. Know, like the rain and weather and situations like that, ro- changing road conditions. Mm-hmm. But other things, there's some things that you can do things about. So always have that in the back of your mind, in your back pocket. You know, what, what can I do if, if this happens? Mm-hmm. And uh, if you think fast on your feet... Um, and you're and you're calm about things. I think in most cases you'll be able to come out of the situation safely. And uh, you know what, Scott? I'm going to ask our listeners to send in some stories of spectacular close calls. We want to hear some of your. Uh, you've heard you've heard two of our stories about uh, out of control vehicles or close brushes with disaster. Uh, so we'd like to hear yours. Uh, feel free to tell us about it on Facebook. Drop us a line on Twitter, or heck, send us an email at car stuff at discovery. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. 
As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.